Hey yo! Welcome back to Who Let the Dogs Out, a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. In this episode, you'll hear from Olivia O'Dwyer, she, her, who we first met at Penn through Ultimate Frisbee and later Computer Science as well. You'll hear us talking a little bit about living alone, hobbies in Boston like writing and writing, traits valued in partners and ourselves, debating the impact of Penn's environment on ourselves and others, and the show Last of Us. Hope you enjoy. Oh, wait. Let me turn off my notifications. That's gonna... <laughs> wow, this is some legit production if you do that. I don't even do not disturb. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. It was on do not disturb, so. For you, I will. I'll do it. Oh. How long have you been in this place in Boston? I've been there since September. I lived in Boston for a year and a half now. So this is my second apartment. And I'm living alone now in a studio, which is just amazing. <laughs> Oh shit, dude, I have a literal like mansion apartment as well on my own in Sao Paulo. And I feel like it's lifestyle inflation. There's no going back now. Uh, wait, yeah. Is this your first time living alone? This is actually my first time living alone. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 It's so nice. Do you want to come on vacation sometime? <laughs> I really do. I would love to. I only have, I think. 15 vacation days and I'm using 11 of them this summer <laughs> already so I it might be a tight fit before you leave but if I can swing it yo for real I'll send you a video to my place like it's actually insane I come back and I'm like where are my homies it's insane oh my god you love it so far the city I do man life is Aww. good no complaints wait that's amazing yeah. what made you want to live alone in Boston now I think I'd always wanted to live alone at some point, like in my early 20s. I lived with a roommate last year from Penn and it was great. Like she was a great roommate. And I think it was important for me to have a roommate moving to a new city, I guess. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that many close friends there, but I feel like after that, I was like, okay, like I feel I have an established life here. And I feel I was so busy that I really... I don't know. It's just important to me to have a space I can come back to where I feel it's just totally my own. And I feel very more introverted now. So I like having to recharge. Yo, that seems like a natural evolution from college. <laughs> I know where, yeah, I was way too busy all the time. I think we all were. <laughs> yeah, literally. Do you feel the next four years are going to be more changed than the past four years? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think so. But honestly, I really have been loving the stability. I feel the last year and a half has gone by way faster or it seems a lot less has happened than any two years of college or any year and a half of college. But I think it's, I needed this like time to, I don't know, just be a little more still. Do you feel like this is the dream for a while? What else are you missing? Like you have it all or eh? I'm really happy right now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's nothing right now that I'm like, oh, I really want this or I don't know. I think, but I think also I've been just like adjusting to my job and like the working world. So I feel like I haven't even really given myself a chance to like think about bigger like career aspirations or stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm like a little too comfortable right now, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I needed it. Wait, I feel for you though, next four years might be more change than the last physically 
As in my geographic location. Yeah. Physically too, after Sao Paulo. Food is so good and cheap. Like, it's going to be a physical thing. <laughs> surgery and everything. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I feel not really convinced because I also had a crazy, I guess, four years in college. I don't regret yeah. pandemic, especially as well. But yeah. I now look forward to alone time, which I never thought I'd say. So yeah. that I feel like is a big change uh, that I can just see myself continuing on this trajectory, maybe. I don't know. How do you feel about meeting new people? Have you met up with Canal or Texas? Oh my God. Okay. So <laughs> this is a really good reminder because yeah, I like responded to him. I think he gave me his number and was like, reach out. And then I was traveling for the next five or six days. So in my mind, I was like, oh, let me tell him that. And then I never did. But right after this, I will. Oh, you him. are so good. Dude, I feel people don't care. Post-grad. It's like infinite timeline in a way. I've gotten worse at texting though. So I will follow up with him. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There's no pressure. I think he's in a similar state. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Yeah. How is family and everything? Do you go back often? Yeah, they're good. I probably go back every three or four months. I was just there for honestly only a day and a half on my way back from DC, but I'm going back a couple times. My little sister's a senior and she is graduating and everything soon. So I'll go back hey, for all I that. Know, yeah. If it was college, that would have blown my mind. <laughs> no, me too. High school. And I'm going back for Taylor Swift concert in Philly soon <laughs> and around the holidays I'll be there for one to two weeks I feel the past couple years so yeah it varies but I honestly like I definitely miss them like I wish it was a little easier to get there I think Philly to home was honestly ideal but yeah I think I hope to move closer to them eventually so I think now is a good time to be a little further and who knows where my sister will be for college next year so we're probably going to be spread out anyways. Oh, snaps. Good stuff. You still talk with Sarah and Missy. Are you seeing them in Philly? I, the last time I saw Sarah was the end of my senior year. We caught up because I had lived with her for, I guess, her senior year, my junior year, but I was abroad and then COVID and all that. And Missy had been around that summer too I think so I saw them a lot then but yeah I haven't seen Missy in a couple years and then Sarah that's been I guess almost two years now which is crazy but no I definitely I still love her I would love to catch up with her I listened to some of Missy's interview actually I was like oh this is so fun my Venus mentor or like big <laughs> sister whatever we called them <laughs> yeah yeah I with Missy, she was one of my first few ones. I think I was bad at it. So I feel bad that the episode was shorter. But people have been raving about her episode. She's just a cool legend. Uh, I feel you would ask her one question and she would just either be really funny or say something deep. And I was like, wow, sh she's good at this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this has been the first ever hobby I feel like I have. <laughs> It's such a good one to catch up with friends. I feel like you're killing two birds with one stone. And yeah, also, I think, I don't know, everyone is saying to talk to you, so. I agree, yo. I fully agree. And I feel people get the eavesdrop on people's lives in a comfortable-ish way. Yeah. I honestly don't listen to it after I edit, because then that's the third time to put content. Yeah. But, so I don't really know what the experience is like. 
However, across high school, the college trends, oh shit, I haven't thought about that name in years. And the fact that we think about yeah. our lives in years blows my mind. Yeah. Wait, what gave you the idea for starting it? Yeah, good question. I was hella suffering throughout the surgery. That's like the worst possible punishment you can give me. Don't move. Yeah. I was going mental. My housemate was being insane in New Jersey. And I was like, I need to find a joyous channel. A lot of my joyous channels revolve around moving, exploring, playing sports, whatever. And losing that sucks. So I was like, I need to do something about it. This was, I feel genuinely the first challenge in my life that I met, which blessed as hell. Yeah, seriously. I was like, oh shit, this is what it means to suffer. And I was like, no, oh, but I have cool people around me. I love hopping on calls. I want to know more, hear more and just yeah. ask. And I'm like, oh, a podcast is such a natural forum. People won't think it's weird if I'm asking about random <laughs> to me these are normal conversations but so that's like a live throughout first surgery and now it's just a nice way to touch with people and I'm just reminded of how many amazing people I have in my life and I could just share it with the world so it's fun yeah no that's awesome I feel like people love talking about themselves so I don't know I feel like no one would be like oh this is invasive or you can just edit it out and also I think yeah, I was looking at the list of questions you sent and I was like, wow, this is a really good exercise even for me to just think about for myself. Cause I was like, do I even think about these things with myself? But no, I love deep conversations. So I was like, no, this sounds so cool. Good shit. Since then I have done probably like 30 calls or something. I haven't gone to that oh. at all, but if you have stories I want to share, we need to start with your journey to today if you have thought about it and want to go in detail. <laughs> For the listeners who don't know Olivia, <laughs> journey to today. this feels like the tell me about yourself interview question that I hate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll keep it short if I can. So yeah, so I was born in Canada. I'll start with that. And then I moved around a lot as a kid because of my dad's job. So went from Canada to Delaware and then to England and then Spain and then back to Delaware. And I grew up in Delaware, but I think, yeah, I moved back when I was around seven. So it was definitely like a short amount of time abroad, but I think as a kid, it felt like I move from place to place and switch schools every two years. So that just felt super normal. And I think I was very used to like, oh, don't get too used to this thing or don't I don't know I just felt like people would come in and out of my life and yeah so I think that was my experience through like lower school and then had a pretty steady childhood after that stayed in Delaware until college I'm one of two sisters so I'm the middle child but my younger sister is younger by seven years so it was like a two-year gap and then seven years and what else I'm half Asian. I feel like that's important for people to know about me, or it feels important to me. My mom is Chinese and my dad is Irish. So I think that also defined my childhood, both in a good way, like getting to feel like I was part of two cultures, but also I think in a way that I've been thinking about more recently, I think I never fully felt like one or the other. So I think that was something that I think has shaped me more than I thought it did at the time. But yeah, so I guess... Then I went to college. I went to Penn where I met you. And I think up until that point, I'd been very high achieving. I think as most 
kids who go to Penn are. Like, I felt very naturally bright and did a bunch of activities growing up. And I think, honestly, everything came fairly easily. And then I got to Penn and it was like... (laughs) just such a shock to my system. I think I had been so focused on going to the best college that I could that I didn't really think about, oh, is this place actually going to be the best fit for me? Am I actually going to like this? What kind of environment do I do well in? So I feel like I had a pretty rough couple of years adjusting, especially because I really liked high school. And I think people who had a really good high school experience tended to have a harder adjustment from what I noticed. But yeah, I studied computer science there, minored in creative writing, uh, studied abroad junior year in Edinburgh in Scotland, and then COVID hit. So obviously I got sent home. Senior year was very weird, but also freeing in a way, just having all these changes, I think, was a good adjustment And I feel like gave people a lot more space and like room to breathe. That's something I noticed abroad. I feel like Penn was so busy and then abroad was like a slowdown and then COVID was like definitely a slowdown. But yeah, so I also, I was going through a breakup like at the beginning of senior year. So everything had changed for me that year, but ended up having a really good senior year and then moved to Boston to do software engineering at Amazon, which is where I am now. Hey, look at that. A beautiful story. <laughs> at the beginning of the call, we were talking about stability, slowing down, and throughout the story, there were themes of change. How much change slash differences do you want in your life moving forward? And what parts would you want to change? Yeah, that's a good question. I think growing up, I was like, oh, I'm good with change. I'm very used to it. I switched schools all the time. I moved a bunch. But then after going to college, I was like, wow, I hate change. It's so hard. So I think I was very resistant to it for a few years there. And I think now that I feel more settled, life feels a bit more stable. I think I really value that slower pace of life, at least right now. And I think I value the consistency of living in one place, being able to put roots down and build a life, making friends and just having a routine I really like and value. I think I, at least right now, really value change in the form of growth. I feel it's really nice when your life can be steady, at least for me. I think I do well when my life is steady and that's when I feel I can grow the most or focus the most on different areas I want to grow in, like my hobbies or running or different things I'm interested in, relationships, all that. I think I'm definitely open to change. I'm sure I'll move around many more times in my life, but I think I've learned to really enjoy slowing down and I'm not, at least right now, chasing all these new things because I think I'm finding my life a lot more fulfilling when it's like building on itself, if that makes sense. Good stuff. What are some of those hobbies that you love? So one is writing. I think I said I studied creative writing as a minor in college, and I've always loved writing growing up and stuff. But yeah, I think post-college, I've found it hard to have an outlet for it or stay consistent. I was always writing for assignments and getting feedback from people, which was super fulfilling. And I think not having that outlet 
is something I've struggled with. I actually just took a writing class here in Boston. It's at this writing center. And that was amazing because I think I, I do really well when there are people holding me accountable and there's a community of other people who are also interested in it. So yeah, I've toyed around with the idea of making a Substack or something, but I also don't really like being the center of attention. And I feel it feels very self-indulgent to me in a way to be like, here, read stuff that I wrote. But I feel that's like a personal struggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. However, my website, you're not pushing content on everyone. It's just, it exists and you click the link if you want. There's none of the like end goal of profiting followers, likes, whatever. Like, you know that. Yeah. I don't know. I'll support you. Thanks. Yeah. I had asked my writing teacher this at the end of the last class and she was I think if to be a writer you have to believe that what you're saying is interesting and important to share which is very true like why are you putting something out in the world unless it's just for fun and for yourself which is fine but I do think it's if you're going to spend time to write something you probably think there are interesting thoughts to share so I don't know and I think I've always struggled with that type of confidence so I think that's probably just something that like I might just need to do if I want to. They have these open mic nights at a bookstore near me. And I did one last year and it was the scariest thing I've ever done. But I feel like, I don't know, just practicing putting yourself out there is very good for me. That's dope. I love that. Do you still run consistently? I don't know how you did that in college. Like, I don't, I don't know. know how I did it either. <laughs> I see you're just chasing the dopamine. <laughs> Yeah, no, I do. I joined a running club when I came to Boston, which has been the best thing ever. Boston's a very good running city with the marathon here. And I feel like people are very into it here, which is awesome. Yeah, I've been doing that. I ran, I've run a few races. I ran the Brooklyn Marathon last spring, so about a year ago now, which was super cool. And my dream definitely, especially now that I'm here, is to qualify for the Boston Marathon one day. But it's a very hard qualifying process, at least for me. I'm a very average runner and the time is very fast and out of reach as of now. So I think it'll take a good few years of dedication to it. I started weightlifting a lot more, I guess about a year ago now too, like 10 months ago. And I loved that so much that it's definitely been hard to balance the two because it's just like a lot on your body. But I think it's good to cycle through different phases of working out. I feel also with running, I would get injured a lot or I have in the past. And when you get injured, at least for me, I was just so mentally down. I'm sure injuries are just tough. So I think having other physical outlets is really good for me because it's, oh, if I'm injured and can't run, I can probably lift or I can go climbing or do something else. So I think it just makes me feel more balanced and healthier overall. Yeah, that's huge. Also, impressive that you believe in the future of getting better in sports. I don't see that future at all for me. I see it all as a decline. And I think I probably just need to reframe it because I, I don't yeah. know where did that belief come from? How do you stay positive throughout such a long term goal? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm obviously still very young, 24, knock on wood, but I feel, I do think there was a time I ran cross country in high school and I was like, not great, but I was decent. And I think there was a time in college where I was like, oh, that's the fastest probably I'm ever going to run. But then I started getting into it more seriously junior and senior year. And 
beat a bunch of my PRs from before and have continued to get faster since then. And so also with distance running, especially women's distance running, women continue to improve well into their 20s and 30s. There's plenty of professional runners in their 30s who are still getting better. I think I'm very into professional running. Like I follow a lot of running podcasts and stuff. So I think I just hear a lot of stories of moms or adults that are just like super committed to training and like getting better. And I think that's really cool. And especially my running club too. I started as one of the slowest. I'm still probably one of the slowest. And these 40, 50 year old people are like constantly laughing me. And I just think it's so cool that they're like out here like multiple times a week doing that. That is dope. Who are most of your friends nowadays from work, writing club, writing class? How do you feel about work too? We haven't talked much about it. Friends? So yeah, I think when I came here, I didn't have many super close friends. Most of my pen friends moved to New York, but I had a lot of friends of friends here. So I met a bunch of those people, friends connected us and definitely got close with some of them, which was great. And I'm like, oh, I wish I had been closer with you in college. (laughs) So yeah, hang out with a lot of pen people, hang out with some high school friends that are here, some work friends. I think there's a lot of people on my floor, on my team or adjacent teams that are around my age. So work has been a really good place for that. And then I think just friends of friends, honestly, I feel Boston is a good city to meet people because a lot of people come here for jobs or grad school or whatever. And a lot of people don't know many people. So it feels like a city where everyone is very open to getting to know each other, which is cool. In terms of work, I have really been enjoying it. I think the first year or definitely the first six months were really rough at same kind of adjustment as going to Penn, but just feeling a ton of imposter syndrome, which I think I also felt at Penn, especially in computer science, just because I didn't grow up doing any computer science. I switched my major to it sophomore year after taking my first class in it freshman year, I think, freshman spring. And so I think I've just felt I was always catching up throughout my time at Penn and then starting a software engineering job. Obviously, you're the newest, you don't have any experience. So I also definitely felt that. It's also just a job I feel where you're constantly facing problems that is the job like you have to debug 90% of the time and I think especially at the beginning I was like I don't know anything but time really helps there was so many situations where I was like freaking out or super stressed because I felt I was behind on something or could never figure something out and then I always did or someone helped me. And I think just that experience of, oh, I've been in this place before and it always works out is really good for building confidence. And I also really love my coworkers on my immediate team. Some of them I definitely consider close friends and we hang out outside of work. And so if it wasn't for the people, I don't know how I would feel about it, but I do just genuinely enjoy working with them. So that's really nice. Yes, that. I feel you in the same boat for computer science. And then we ended up TAing together, bro. So like, <laughs> somehow we made it work. Other people helped us. Life is good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like a con sometimes. I'm like, I don't know any of that stuff now. I feel like I don't push my brain like that anymore. And I'm yeah. like, wow, it just felt well, such a different life. 
Yeah, it's so different from what you learn in school. I rarely apply the theory or 6121 stuff. So if I was to do coding interviews, it would be a disaster, I'm sure. <laughs> but in terms of practical problem solving, I feel a lot of the skills are transferable. But yeah, there's a whole different learning curve. Yeah, facts. Do you think you're going to stay with Amazon for a while or software engineer, especially thinking about needing to interview for other places? Right now, I am very content and comfortable. Like I said, probably like too comfortable. I was just talking about this with one of my coworkers where he was like, yeah, I'm feeling the golden handcuffs. Like once you're in a corporate job and like, yeah, it's challenging, but for the most part, it's very manageable. I have a good work-life balance. It's nine to five. And I work on Alexa. I think that stuff is cool and interesting, but I also recognize that it's not necessarily the most life-changing stuff. I definitely feel qualms about the ethics of working for a company like Amazon, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> and it's going to blow up. Don't worry. I don't think that Amazon. <laughs> and if they do, good. I'm sure they hear that. <laughs> you just have to go to Reddit slash Amazon. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I feel a lot of loyalty to my team, but not necessarily the greater company. It's such a big company. But yeah, I think it's a really good place to start your career and learn for now. So I think. I definitely see myself there for the next few years, if nothing big changes, but I don't think I see myself there super long term. And in terms of software engineering, that's something I've been thinking about. Uh, growing up, I feel I always wanted to be a writer. And in the last few years, I was like, oh, I think I'd really love to teach one day. I think that would be super cool. So I don't know. And then within the tech world, I'm a big people person. I think I enjoy working with other people and a lot of the product stuff more than the actual solving big architecture or design problems. I do really like coding, but I think, I don't know, I feel my skill set isn't exactly a good match for that. I feel there are so many coders that can do the same software jobs and I don't necessarily stand out at all in that, I think. And I do think I really like the ideation part of it and that stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. I think it's very open-ended now, which is nice. But I do think starting as a software engineer is like a very good place to start. Well, I'm happy for you that you feel good. Too many times I feel like I hear, oh my God, why did I work so hard in college just to work even harder? <laughs> not like what I'm doing. And that's, I don't know, why? <laughs> Like, no, yeah, I, I don't feel that way. Yeah, definitely stressful days. And I have on call every few weeks, which I could get paged at any moment. <laughs> but other than that stuff, it's, I feel very balanced. I think work is mostly work. And then the rest of my life is what I'm more absorbed in. Good, cool stuff. Also, I'm surprised you only get 15 days too from Amazon. Yeah, it's not great. I got 10 last year, 15 this year, Ooh. I think. 50% increase. Yeah, but it stays there for a while. <laughs> oh my lord, that's brutal. Man. Think about our lives in PTOs is sad sometimes. I know. Bet. Quick lightning round. Are you down? Yeah, I'm down. Bet. And we can just make it round. It doesn't have to be that lightning. You can take your time. <laughs> Sounds what good. is one thing you wish everyone knew? I feel like this cannot be lightning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one thing I wish everyone knew, I think that it's okay to fail. It's good to fail. And 
put yourself out there and get rejected. Like this is something I feel very strongly that if you're staying too comfortable and too safe, then you're not going to grow and you're not going to push your limits. And so I think too often people are playing it a bit too safe, especially in like, I don't know, things like relationships or trying for something that they don't think they'd be good at. So I think I wish everyone would put themselves out there without the fear of failing. Word. How has relationships been since Boston? In whatever way you want. Yeah, friendship's good. Romantic, (laughs) also good. (laughs) Yeah, I've been dating someone for a bit over a year now that I met in Boston. He's great. So very good on that front as well. Yay. Happy to hear. (laughs) What are three things that you can't live without besides the necessities? I recently got a bathrobe for the first time in my life, and I don't know how I lived without it for so long. It's amazing. It's the best thing ever. So definitely bathrobe now. What else? I'm going to say coffee now. Maybe that's a necessity, but I didn't drink it at all in college, and then about a year ago, got hooked on it, and now I'm actually addicted. I get headaches if I don't have it for a day. So coffee. And my foam roller, I feel at first when I was like injured a lot, I would foam roll every day before every run. And now it's a psychological thing. Like I can't work out without it or I'm convinced I'll get injured. So probably my foam roller. Good stuff. Placebo effect in that way is great. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever. Who cares? Um, yeah. Coffee here is insane, man. Like yesterday. Oh, I bet. Day- at work and everyone was just like coffee break coffee break break. tried to meet and chatted me up obviously I'm like okay so I had probably like six cups of coffee it was just ridiculous and it's strong as fuck too yeah I get back home and I'm doing like more podcast recording blah blah starting to feel tired I get in bed and something just hits me I'm so jittery like I don't know what to do with myself I don't know anyone here it's dangerous to go out on my own at night I can't really walk or run for my safety oh my god I was just alive and I was like holy shit I just feel so excited for life but I couldn't do like anything right and finally I fell asleep at 3 a.m and I was like oh man I cannot do that again but coffee it it tastes so good but like I need to control myself it's so readily available it becomes a social yeah especially in offices for sure and Brazil I'm sure yeah so I got to fit in with by increasing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you're already at a level of energy above everyone else. So you on coffee, I cannot even imagine. I almost think it has a reverse effect. Like in the office, I drink it and I'm like, whoa, it actually chills me out in a way. I don't know, but I don't really like how it makes me feel. Nah, you can't be the idiot that drinks tea around everyone though. We'll have to figure it out. How to dilute it somehow. That's so funny. Uh, so yeah, it's cool that you get headaches without it. I feel like I literally get headaches with it. No, oh, yeah. I The irony is that I'm addicted to coffee now, but I limit myself to one cup a day. There was a period at when I started when I was alternating between one to two, maybe two and a half. And that just fucked with me more than anything. So I needed to keep it consistent at one cup a day. Yeah. Do you have a favorite time of drinking it? I usually drink it as soon as I wake up. Or if I'm going to the office, I'll wait because they give us free coffee there. Yeah, makes sense. (laughs) Any content recommendations? 
I subscribe to a lot of Substacks, and one that I've been reading now for two years religiously is Haley Nauman's. I don't know if you've heard of it, but she's this Brooklyn writer. She puts out a column every Sunday, and it's either an essay or a Q&A or recommendations, things like that. And she's just everything I want to be. Like, she's living my dream life. I feel like everything she says is, like, super smart and insightful. And, yeah, I think I subscribe to the paid version, but there's free content every week, I think. So would recommend. Good stuff. What do you think smart and insightful comment is or commentary? I feel every time I read one of her essays, she's saying something that I think everyone was thinking, but found it hard to articulate. So I think that's one thing, like pointing out things that are very relevant to people, but filtering it to something that like makes a lot more sense to process. And then also it always feels like a nuanced point of view, I think. I think some of these things could have obvious answers. And I think she's really good at like taking a lot of different perspectives on something and distilling it down to something that doesn't feel it's reducing it. Good stuff. How do you think she gathers all of that? Is she experiencing a lot in life, talking with a lot of people, reading a lot, listening a lot? Yeah, I was talking to a friend about this because when I was just trying to write on my own, I was trying to challenge myself to write something once a week. But I so quickly ran into blocks or it was like, oh, I ran out of ideas or whatever. And I was talking to someone about Haley's writing and she was like, isn't this her full-time job? Her job literally is to write and read content. And I was like, that's a really good point. (laughs) So I think she reads a lot and takes in a lot. So I think she's constantly probably processing ideas and Yeah, she's also obviously on her own schedule. Like, I think the Substack is the main thing she does. Also, maybe some freelance. I feel she can structure her life in the way that's probably best for her creativity. Whereas I'm stuck in my nine to five doing code reviews most of the time. Yeah, you got to give yourself some slack there, I feel. Yeah. I'm even more appalled or I even more disagree that you are like, oh, I have nothing interesting to say on this podcast. Like, what? Obviously you do, especially if you're writing stuff, taking stuff in, like, what? (laughs) Thanks. I really think everyone has interesting things to say, but I think it's better when there's prompts, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, but then if you believe everyone has it, you need to believe it for yourself, too. That's true. Yeah, something I'm working on. Anything else you want to share with the world for today? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like you covered a lot. Dope. Cool. How that feel? Is that what you expected? I don't know what you had. Yeah, I think so. No, this was great. It was honestly, it feels very therapeutic. I don't know if most people feel this way, but I have therapy every week and I look forward to it so much because I'm like, oh, by the time it comes around, I'm like, oh, I need this. I feel all these thoughts are like building up in my head. (laughs) So I really appreciate the time to just talk about what's on your mind. So yeah, no, this is great. Also, it's been so long since I saw you. We need another call where I can hear more about your life. (laughs) (laughs) I have therapy an hour and I'm free until then. So if you're down now, I'm happy to. But yeah, therapy is, every time I sign up for the next one, I'm like, oh, but I feel so good. I don't need it. And then three days in, I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't wait. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, do you sign up for it individually or do you have a running schedule? This is a new thing in my life. I've only had two sessions with this lady on BetterHelp and I really like her. So I'm going to continue. Oh, wait, I forgot to ask. Oh my God. I 
cannot talk Chinese back to you. Understood. <laughs> your mom is Chinese? Yeah, I was like, do you speak Chinese with your mom? Uh, not, no, not really. My Chinese is so rusty. So I wish I did more. Kind of trying to work on it somewhat on Duolingo, but yeah, my therapist is always, you need to connect more with your Asian heritage. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> do you like when the therapist tells you like what to do versus processing with you? I, I feel my therapist never tells me what to do, which at yeah. first I think was frustrating, but it's good. I don't know. I feel it's better for me to arrive at something by myself. So I think she's processing with me, like asking me questions to make me see something in a different way. And I've been with her now for two and a half years, I want to say. Oh, so. Shit. Yeah, I don't know what I would do without her, honestly. She, she's the best. That's wild. And it's online. Yeah, it's all Zoom because it started during COVID. She's based in Philly. So that's like why I started with her. But then I moved here and we just continued over Zoom. Yeah, that's huge. I feel like it's really just finding someone you click with, which is such a painful, expensive process that I get yeah. to be so driven and privileged to continue this process. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how long I want to continue it. Yeah, I'm glad that BetterHelp people are using, like I see the ads all the time and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's any good. So I guess I'm glad that it seems decent and probably, I, I assume more affordable than a lot of options. Yeah, the therapist on the first day was flexing, being like, oh, you're paying half my normal rate. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I like her though. It wasn't weird, but- yeah yeah I was like that was an interesting comment that's weird it definitely does take a lot to find someone who fits with you I remember I did it through caps in college and that was free along with the crazy tuition (laughs) but I think I tried it once and I didn't really like the person and then I tried a different one and she was great but I feel honestly I wasn't really in a place where I was ready to talk about stuff yet so I feel I lied to her and myself for a whole year without even knowing it okay not meaning to but I just think I wasn't very self-aware yet I was trying to protect myself yeah and I didn't get much out of it because of that yeah that's interesting that's cool to look back and be like oh yeah (laughs) I'm different now can I ask you do you think that's particularly bad for mental health or do you think it's just a college thing or the type of people who go there Yeah, I think it's like all those factors that you said, but in addition to the fact that it is a big shock to a lot of people's systems in different ways. And so when you put it in a melting pot, plus the ego thing, plus the achieving thing, I feel we're not really connected with a lot of people and you always feel alone in that way. Maybe some of the struggles are similar to other colleges, but I feel it's just dramatized at Penn because things are just hitting the extremes a little bit more and there's this whole socioeconomic factor as well with just having a whole lot more different people makes you always feel different and that because CAPS wasn't really a reliable helpful resource people didn't know what to turn towards and we're like such babies too and all processing our own stuff like it's also hard in a sense to rely on others and I feel like it is just a lot of that exploration in a way. But I also think I was going to go somewhere with this, but now I don't know. I feel like that answered. (laughs) And pandemic in a way was uniting for a lot of people. And I know I had such a different experience too, but it was a lot of catching up with other high school friends who went to different colleges and we could all come together at that time and 
sure the struggles, like if you write it down on face value could be similar, but uh, I think self-selectively, a lot of us processed it in different ways and processed it by distracting ourselves with work, which further like yeah. into it. Like sometimes my friends who I think aren't in the best work-life balance state are like, oh my God, like this shit happened in my life, but don't worry. Like I have so much work to do. And I'm like, what? That's yeah. I feel a lot of us do distract ourselves with work in a way. And that felt more pen-ish to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've been thinking about it recently because my sister is choosing between Penn and some other options. And oh, shit. In the end, I don't regret going to Penn, but yeah. I had a rough time there for some of the time. And like, maybe that yeah. would have happened anywhere I went. Yeah. With the adjustment, just mental health stuff. But yeah. I'm not sure that Penn was the softest, warmest environment for that. For sure. And so it's like looking at, obviously, someone who I love and care about so much making her decision. It's just, I don't know. I think certain people thrive at Penn and I don't know that it was the best fit for me. So yeah, it's just, it's hard to give an unbiased perspective when obviously I don't know what these other schools are like too. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's super hard to be swaying in that way. Yeah, I have no idea what I would do in that situation. However, a lot of amazing people in my life, like even though we don't catch up often, I'm like, oh shit, I know you're out there in the world and that's great. And Penn, I really think people-wise was the best decision I could have made for myself going versus going to UMish. I would have probably been exposed to a lot of similar ideas and people. And sure, I could branch out because I love talking to people and doing new things, but it's really not that different at the end of the day. And because a lot of the people who I end up meeting was so formative for me during pandemic and now post it too, Penn was great for that reason alone. And yeah, yeah other schools also have cool people or whatever, but... I don't know. Again, how are you supposed to know? Where are you and your sister, though? How similar? Yeah. Uh, we're similar in a lot of ways, but I would say she's a lot smarter than me. Like, I think she would struggle with academic stuff less. Just, I mean, she has a lot of comp side background already. So I think that would be more manageable. But she's also a lot more introverted, I would say, and less social in the same way I was. I do think Penn kind of caters to extroverts and people who are pre-professional or super, I know what I want to do. So I don't know. I think if I could go back, I would probably choose somewhere that was a little smaller, I think. I think mm. where it's a little a little harder to get lost. Yeah, that's super fair. I feel with these things I'm reflecting, it's like, it's so fun to see the evolution but then to think about it for someone else going through it, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have nothing yeah. to say. I feel yeah. like I reflect on my own, but I'm like, I have no idea how this applies to you right now. Four yeah. years ago, like things have changed. I don't know. I'm useless in that way. But I actually did interview 15 kids for Penn this year, which was too much. I think what I'm getting out of this podcast, I was like, oh, maybe I'll get that in high school. I don't know why I thought that for fucking <laughs> But that was interesting to see oh, the narrow-minded perfectionism that I think a lot of them have yeah like I was able to rank people on a spectrum because I could see like 15 of them at once or whatever across the right. on a calibrate but like if you just gave me one person and I had to recommend what I think is best for them who the fuck knows I don't know what kids are like nowadays <laughs> oh. yeah it is I didn't do it this year I slacked but I did a couple last year and it was very pure these people want to go to Penn so badly but yeah. I also wanted to say you will be okay 
wherever you end up. Yeah, but yeah, obviously, yeah. Like, easy for us to say on the other side. I just think people put too much stake into like, this one decision that they think is going to determine everything. And obviously, it's a big milestone, but you have multiple valid paths that yeah. will work out well for you. That's for sure. I think I value intentionality a lot now. And in high school, things don't feel that intentional. You're just trying to get in the best school, or whatever. Like, if I think about my life right now, if I'm intentional about what I want, I could probably get a lot of those things in a lot of different places. But the things that I end up getting out of it and loving are the unknowns. Like, you don't know how other people are. I didn't know I was going to go through this health thing, like whatever. But the intentionality of, oh, I want to explore and meet new people and new ideas. I could probably manifest that in so many different ways. I, I feel like you just got to reflect on what you want to do and go do it fucking anywhere. Because a lot of the other things are such uncontrollable in a way. And then you're just betting that Penn will have those better uncontrollables. But if you're not convinced of that, then... I don't know, go place your bet somewhere else. Yeah, that's so true. And that's, I think, what I've been thinking about with Claire, too. It's like, you can find your people at Penn and you can find them somewhere else. Yeah, maybe Penn has, like, a higher concentration of, like, smarter people, whatever that means. But you will be able to find brilliant, interesting people who you really like at any school that's more than, like, a thousand people. So it comes down to who you surround yourself with. So many people, I think, ask me, was Penn competitive? And... I feel, I don't know, like not really the friends that I had. I feel like, mm-hmm. like, I feel like my engineering friends, especially like we were just all trying to survive it together. But I think you definitely could surround yourself with people who were competitive and were all trying to outdo each other. So I think it, it just depends on that. Yeah, I agree with that so hard. And I feel recently I've been thinking, what's the point of being smart in the world, especially for partners? What is the point? of being smart and chasing after that if maybe at the cost of these other things but I'm also trying to recognize these things can live in tandem and I'm probably just dating and figuring out there's different people and needs at different times but yeah I guess for myself too I'm like what are the qualities that I want to work on is intelligence I don't know what's the point of that like I'd rather have yeah I guess qualities yeah I actually I don't think I sent you this but recently this is weirdly something I think about a lot. So I sent a survey to a bunch of friends. It was for a PowerPoint party thing, actually. Yeah. And I asked them to rank like what qualities in significant others they value yeah. the most. I think it was five. It was like intelligence, humor, kindness, attractiveness, and interestingness, which is one. And then like how you value it in yourself. Oh. And I'll send you data. It was like super interesting. The people I've been with like it's shifted a lot like I think mm. yeah, intelligence is great but if you don't feel understood and seen by that person like yeah. I could care less. yeah so yeah I think it just depends on your values and there are things that are like a lot more important to me I think it's important to me to have interesting conversations with my partner and for them to help me grow but I don't know that necessarily requires like intelligence and I think it I don't know I'm still debating yeah. but it's definitely more important to me that someone like treats me well and is kind to me and <laughs> I know I don't know the bare minimum but yeah. also laugh. there are just a lot of other things that are important yeah and I feel that's friends and co-workers like I don't need my partner to be challenging all the time I guess I realized I did love that for a moment I didn't really think like mm-hmm. oh, there were other needs and whatever but now I'm like oh like that was it's so peaceful to have your own separate interests and I am like I'm a generally 
optimistic, I think, person that things will work out, but in the short term, but I think some fucking pandemic or apocalypse or something shitty is going to happen, right, in the future, where intelligence in my form is useless so the survival of diversification like how fast you could run <laughs> yeah i'm like i need someone who's good at tools i'll do this stuff you go do that stuff and i feel like there's some form of survival instinct kicking in maybe and i don't know what yeah. that's hilarious no but i do think what you say is really true about your partner doesn't need to be everything for you and they can't be right so it's if they don't want to do this one thing with you or don't have this interest like you have friends for that you have family for that so I think that's something I'm trying to learn too, because I think we're taught, oh, your partner should fulfill all these things. But in reality, that's just impossible and probably like unhealthy. Yeah. Wait, have you watched The Last of Us? I feel like this is very relevant to this Dude, conversation. The episode with Bill and what is his name? I Frank, yeah. I cried so hard. Bro, I felt like I was watching myself on screen. Okay, it wasn't that dramatic. That yeah. was intense, man. Great show though. Yeah great show that's true it was a little too on the nose for sure with some of it (laughs) i don't know why we love watching that stuff literally after a pandemic like we just came off yeah fascination yeah maybe it's a little too soon yeah but so many people have gravitated towards it me included anyway thanks again for catching up and chatting and sharing everything so openly yeah thank you this was so fun so good to see you Dope. Take care of yourself, Liv. Enjoy. You too. Let's talk soon. Stable life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, that makes me sound so boring. (laughs) A stable, growing life. (laughs) I'll embrace it. It's okay. All right. Cheers, Liv. Bye. And that's a wrap for now. Olivia O'Dwyer, everyone. See you on the next episode of Who Let the Dogs Out, a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. Cheers.